Broadcasting live on WBSM and on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. Also via WBSM.com as well. The Radio Pup app and Tin Can strung together with a piece of string. Which you'll probably get a better reception with that than you will with Spooky TV. Although it seems to be working so far, Matt Costa. Even though you don't have a microphone over there and you have to share with Moniz. It's okay. It's all right. You guys, you guys share a lot of things together. We do. We do. A property. Right. Right. You're both from the mysterious island of Dr. Moniz. Uh, but we are trying this new setup here with Spooky TV. The idea being, well, we have two guests in studio with us. We'll get to that in a moment. But the idea being that hopefully with this I can see the chat room during the course of the show because, damn it, they just won't release those firewalls. They will not shut them off. They don't know how to shut them off is the problem. Uh, Matt, I talked to the uh, to the... The man here that handles let's all the Let's talk about stuff. the X's no, and O's. Let's talk about that later. And uh, and he said that he doesn't know anything about the firewalls oh, either. Really? So yeah, oh, see, I knew okay. this was going to be a problem. Not being able to see you, I could just do this. That's fine. There you are. There's your handsome face. Well, it's great to be back here in the studio, and we have in the studio with us, uh, we have co-hosting with us tonight, Stephanie Burke, who is eating. So she'll just say hello, Hi. wave, just wave to the people on the radio. There you go. That works. Wherever you guys are now, you guys screwed me up with the cameras. I know we get them all over the place. Basically, these ones are fine. It's the one that's in the ladies' room that'll probably be the the one that's going to get some take some getting used to. That might get weird. Right, and that goes directly to Moniz's phone. <laughs> so that figures. Yeah, Why that's what that's what happens. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to buy this. Uh, I'm going to buy this uh, video surveillance system. We can use it on investigations." And he did air quotes. Mm. So I don't know what that meant. Interesting. But now we know. And uh, and Nicola Hoos is here. Good evening. Hello. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Oh, we, we've been trying to work it out for a while now, so we're glad that you could finally join us. Thanks. And sorry that you had to come into all this madness. We're usually much more... Pro- no, I can't say we're more professional than this. I'd be lying. Well, before we get into the discussion with Nicole about her work, and she works in a variety of things that we can discuss throughout the course of the night, we want to catch everybody up on what happened last week, because we were not on the air. We were at the Legend Trips event at the Mark Twain House, First of all, I gotta say, Mark Twain House is just an awesome place. I didn't even get to go into the main house, and it was outstanding. Uh, Matt, I know you were in the basement, Matt Costa. Yep. Did you get to explore the rest of Mark Twain's abode? Uh, at the end of the night, I kind of did my uh, a run around, <laughs> and it was it was a really cool, uh, really cool house. And Moniz, you were on the third floor, oh, sure. which was uh, the where the billiards room was, which is a very highly active spot. And it was highly active. What kind of stuff was going on? Well, I had my laser grid set up, and we could see movement in the back wall in the back corner where Twain's desk was that he penned a lot of the books. Mm -hmm. And we had another person, um, 
Bill came up with his uh, laser grid, and we set both of them up, and we were watching stuff going back and forth, and we asked for, you know, this object or whatever it was disrupting the lights. Can you walk to the left? Can you walk to the right? And you could see movement. And then we asked, uh, with these lights, can you interact with them to let us know that you're here? And both laser grids went out simultaneously. And everybody in the room got, you know, that gasp of, (gasps) like, oh, my God, that just happened. And uh, they were fresh batteries. We had just put them in, like, moments before. And both sets of lasers were completely drained out, out of the batteries. We put fresh ones in. I got mine to my laser to work again. It took Bill roughly a couple of hours before his would actually work again. So, well, we I was in the carriage house, uh, which is not part of the main Twain house, but nobody had ever investigated the carriage house before, and it was unlike the rest of the Mark Twain house, which is redone. You know, it's it, it's kind of been kept the way that uh, the Mark Twain would have lived there. Where I was, it was the offices. So it looked like we were just in an office building. So I was a little bit concerned about whether or not we would have activity. But sure enough, we had things happening right and left throughout the course of the night. We had we did some Ouija board sessions, which, you know, always has interesting results. Uh, we had some stuff coming through in the spirit box. And we had some shadow figures moving around, too, which I thought was pretty cool, especially when you're dealing with a, a spot where, you know, it might not be as active because it's been more modernized. But people still seem to be getting quite a bit out of it. But I think the... Centerpiece, the showpiece of the event was uh, the Connect system, which it always is. Everybody's always fascinated with the Connect system. I'm not sure, Nicole, if you're familiar with it, but it's a modified Microsoft Xbox Connect camera that will map the movement of the person in front of it visually on the screen for you. And then if anything else comes around, it will map human movement. So if something walks up behind you that you can't see, it will theoretically map it. And we put it up on YouTube, and I, I had it up for a day, and it already got 5,000, oh, just about 5,000 views. And uh, Amy Bruni uh, reposted it on Facebook, and she got something like 50,000 people talking about it on there. And it's been very controversial, to say the least. Uh, a lot of people think that it is not, um, you know, the, the sound, science is not sound with it. Uh, to begin with. Other people think that it could be false positives. Uh, and, of course, we take all this into account. It's all the possibility. But we have it there for people to check out. And, Matt, I don't know, can you bring in a YouTube video to the to the Spooky TV? Uh, no. No? Because I've done it before with, with the Minicam. Right. Yeah, I've been able to do it, but I think I had to download it and then insert it. Uh, but uh, it is up there on the We Started a Legend Trips YouTube page. So if you go to youtube.com slash user slash legend trips, which I don't know why I have to go through all those steps, but if you do, you'll be able to uh, check out the video for yourself. It's the only video we put up, so it won't be hard to find. And you can check it out for yourself during the course of the discussion tonight. And uh, if you have any questions about it, you can call in and ask us. You can also tweet us at SpookySC or at Legend Trips. Uh, the video was also linked up on both Twitter accounts for Spooky South Coast and Legend Trips, so you'll have your chance to check it out for yourself. And a lot of people are asking me, well, where can I see this in action? We have another event scheduled for July 12th at the Murdoch Whitney House in Winchenden, Massachusetts. It is going to feature not only the Legend Trips crew, which is us here at Spooky South Coast, Jeff Belanger, Andrew Lake, uh, and and I don't I think 
you guys might be coming. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> we, we've got to be there. Fire laws again, but we'll see what we can pull off. Uh, but also, we will have joining us that night Dustin Perry from Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International. He will be part of that event as well. Only 11 tickets remain. So if you want to go, you have to go to legendtrips.com right now and get your tickets. One of the things that we did at the Mark Twain House, and we did this last April when we were at the Houghton Mansion as well, we decided to have a little bit of fun since it's Easter time, and we had an Easter egg hunt. And we hid some eggs around the Mark Twain House. They were nice enough to let us do that. And uh, we put some prizes in them. Now, Matt, did I know that someone won uh, 15 seconds of uninterrupted eye contact with you. Did they, did they claim the prize? Yes, they did. Was it awkward for them as much as, well, I know it wasn't for you, but. Yeah, I actually have to ask the question. Yeah, that's true. Did you make it extra creepy? Because last year, Dave Schrader made it pretty creepy. Nobody can top that. <laughs> Whose idea was that? That's one of the... Jeff is the one that makes the prizes. Okay, I'm just wondering, just because that's a very interesting prize to win. We gave away some DVDs. We gave away uh, some other thing. I think he gave away a Haunted New England calendar. Uh, and then someone else won the grand prize, which is... The Bacon Spam. The bacon spam, right? Congratulations goes out to Colin for winning the bacon oh. spam. I don't know if he ate it that night. I was uh, looking for that egg, actually. Were you? Yeah. That was... I can get you some of that. I get connections. You do? Okay. And I think we gave away a back scratcher. We had a back scratcher back that we gave up. away. Well, a haunted back scratcher. You guys have the weirdest prizes. Yeah, well, you know. Like they're it's... exciting, but weird all at the same time. But the grand prize like was... A free ticket to a future Legend Trips event. Oh, that's really cool. So that was claimed. Uh, and also, the booby prize... <laughs> was uh, the chance to appear on Spooky South Coast. Really? And uh, so we have joining us on the line now, we have Danielle, uh, who along with Erin won that prize. And uh, I'm sure you're regretting having found that egg right about now. Uh, maybe a little. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hi. Hello. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Oh, we are spooktacular now. We have a full house here. We have Nicole and Stephanie. Moniz is here. Macos is here. And uh, we've been we've been talking about uh, about the event last week, but let me get your perspective uh, because you know we talk about it all the time. We talk about what happens. It sounds like we're doing a commercial for our own events. But what did you think of the event at the Mark Twain House? Uh, wow, that puts us on the spot, huh? Right now, you're going to give the commercial for Legend Trips. <laughs> well, I I can't speak for Erin, but I think for somebody um, like myself who is completely inexperienced. And um, really has no, you know, I mean, we showed up with not even a flashlight. We used Aaron's cell phone to get around. So, I mean, this is this is coming from two people who are completely inexperienced. And I think it's just amazing just to kind of be in some of these places that are so historical and have, you know, such great stories behind them. And then just to kind of experience everything that goes on. Goes on. We were lucky enough to be part of that um experience that Jeff had with the Connect Cam, so that was kind of amazing to see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we get to see crazy things like that, and then just little things, you know, people kind of have these feelings when they walk into rooms or they see little things. We were in a room with Matt um, Moniz up in the um, third floor, right? The billiard room? Yeah. Where we kind of heard things coming from the desk that Mark Twain actually sat and wrote at. So it's just kind of amazing to kind of experience all those things and be part of that. So. Well, you know, it wasn't your first go-around with Legend Trips. So no. you probably knew that you needed a flashlight. And you know that we have them anyway if you do need to borrow one. That's not how we roll, Tim. No, no, no. We just, we just fly. Yeah, we just wing it, and, and we see how it goes. We kind of forgot the flashlight. And uh, we figured, well, 
Karen's iPhone did the trick, so yeah. so we were able to get by. But just my point is, you can be completely inexperienced and still still really see some cool stuff while you're there. So that that's what I love about these events. You know, we had a woman there who was her first time ever investigating, and she is sight impaired, and she was very excited to have the opportunity to be part of this. And her exuberance and her excitement for what was going on, it kind of reinvigorates somebody like me who's been doing this for a while now. And, you know, sometimes you do these events and you're like, gee, you know, we're, we're at Lizzie Borden's for the 15th time. Let's hope that something happens and that things happen. But then there's always somebody who it's their first time, and it really excites you and it gets you going. And, and uh, it's great when you can have a mixture of people who are doing this for the first time and people who have been doing it for years because you might give an experience – investigator a new idea that they never thought of and you might give them kind of an idea of why they got into it to begin with and you have the chance to learn from people who've been doing it for a long time absolutely and i and i think it's good because i've never felt intimidated by going i mean maybe the first time i went i thought oh this is probably not i probably shouldn't be here because i thought everybody was going to have you know all their crazy equipment and i would just be completely the one that stuck out as the one who's inexperienced but it doesn't like you said there's such a mix of people there that it's really great to see and and you always end up with some experienced people in your group so they kind of share their equipment and you can and of course you guys always bring stuff that we can kind of play around with so it's it's cool it's fun matt i'm going to try and do something really bad right now I'm going to take my live shot camera, and I'm going to try pointing it at the screen. See if that works. I like how you switched off me, though, so we can't tell. See see if we can – there we go. See, you can kind of see now, if you're watching on Spooky TV, you can see this footage, and you can see the person is in the middle, and then this little figure appears to the side, and it's waving, and this person will actually make a move. If I can forward it over a little bit here, I'm looking at screen sideways. But that person kind of reaches out and goes over and is able to kind of reach out and touch where the spirit would be. And then the supposed spirit will actually reach up and try to grab hands with it, which is fascinating. So you were there watching this as it happened? Yes, yes, yes. It was crazy. It was amazing to see. And there's people who have been, you know, very, uh, very critical of this video online saying, you know, we can't see the rest of the room. We don't know if somebody was standing off to the side, but you can verify that nobody was standing right next to where this person was. No, where was. Nobody was standing there. And behind her was the, the staircase. So there was really no way for anyone to stand next to her or behind her. And Jeff had us all kind of try to debunk it in a way. We all moved around. We jumped up and down. I moved closer to the window, so <clears throat> nothing really moved that figure that we were looking at. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out to another Legend Trips event and for helping us raise over $20,000 to help benefit the historic haunts where we hold our events. Uh, that's just, it's awesome when we can see, you know, how much it means to these places and to see the excitement they have. I mean, this was the first time the Mark Twain House has ever let an event in like this, and uh, I think we knocked it out of the park for them because we, we just have such great people such as yourselves. It was awesome. Thank you for letting us be part of that experience. Thank you. Thank you for subjecting yourselves to appearing on the program. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I won that egg. Anytime. Next time we'll we'll find you the eve of the back scratcher of the spam, we promise. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Have a great night. Bye-bye. I'm sorry, Stephanie. Ask them who their favorite legend tripper is. That that wouldn't be fair. Everybody's going to feel bad when they say me. Oh, Tim. All right. That's that's the video there. and uh, you can handle that question. What'd you say? I said, I don't think Jeff's ego could handle that question. <laughs> His ego can handle a lot. You'd it's be surprised. 
Uh, so you can check out that video again. Just go to uh, youtube.com slash user slash slash legend trips, or you can go to the Twitter account for Spooky South Coast at Spooky SC or for legend trips at legend trips. So there we have it. It's pretty pretty interesting stuff. If you're a believer, then it's proof. If you're skeptical, then it's just something else to question. But uh, my favorite is a lot of the commenters saying, well, I've seen them use this on Ghost Adventures, so it must be real. Well, that's interesting. No, people. No, don't go <laughs> by what that. Don't go by what you see and hear. How do you guys hear. feel about it? I'm interested by it. I've, I think it's very interesting because uh, the attempts to make a false positive, mm-hmm. when they fail, that raises my eyebrows a little bit. It's easy to say, you know, there is one incident where a person comes in off from the side, and then that flips out the spirit on the right-hand side. So it's easy to say, okay, well, maybe there's something that's happening there where it's drawing the attention away. I don't think it's flipping the spirit out i think what it's doing is flipping out the sensors to what's well, so i mean flipping out the image i didn't yeah. mean, i don't mean flipping out i mean maybe the spirit was flipped out too that could be possible but you know you can tell that like a, a, when that person walks in the other image kind of goes haywire so it, it could be exactly what you're talking about that it's kind of refocusing and and trying to find that it would eventually map all three uh but it seems like uh that when they try to do that in other occasions, when they have other people waving their arms, nothing seems to be setting it off. So it's certainly interesting. And it's certainly, I'm glad that we have it. And I'm glad that we bring it to our that events. Really we cool. I've played with it myself. And I was actually there another time where something did pop up in it. And everybody was standing around kind of freaked out behind them. You know, like, what's there? You know, we all thought, you know, Kira's really tiny. Mm-hmm. So we all thought, oh, Kira's over there. I can no. confirm <laughs> this spirit is actually shorter than yep. Kira. Yep. So it, um... So we were kind of, you know, a little freaked out by it because you have to wonder. But mm-hmm. it does. It looks really cool, and I think it's it's a it's an awesome next step into what if. And again, it's just it's another thing that you can come and utilize when you come to a Legend Trips event. Nobody else has one. Literally, the only people that have one of those systems, as built by Bill Chapel, are Ghost Adventures, Bill Chapel, and us. So if you if you want to see it in action, the only way to do it is to come to a Legend Trips event, unless you join the cast of Ghost Ghost Adventures. But that's you know probably not going to happen. Well, I can definitely verify that nobody was there, and the only thing that would be behind where this image is is a uh, straight free fall to the first floor. So, And I was standing on the stairwell and back watching this as it happened. So I, I can tell you that was nobody else around it other than the person that was there, the larger person that was being mapped. And the – there's – I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Um so when somebody is doing this and they're the one that's being mapped as the human, are they calling in a spirit? Are they just, you know, blank or? Uh, I mean, everybody has a different approach to how they do it. I'm not sure what happened in this instance. Uh, I think Casey was just standing in front of the camera and, and hoping that something would appear. But uh, sometimes it's just a matter of people stand in front of the camera and wait. Other times, people will stand in front of the camera and try and draw something closer uh, to say, you know, if you come here and hold up, hold my hand. Uh, I forget what, how exactly it happened at the Victorian, but uh, something happened at the Victorian mansion. And we haven't had anything happen at Lizzie Borden yet. But in this case, I think it was just a matter of this person was standing there and it just kind of walked in and showed up. So, and when you, it's one thing to have this footage. It's another thing when there's other devices that are verifying it. When yeah, when you get the IR show, no, I saw the IR image of it. It's definitely there, and I know that IR, you have to have something there generating that in order for it to pick it up. The mapping algorithm, yeah, that can be fooled by motion and other 
other things, but the IR is very specific, and I, I'm sure Nicole can verify with me that you know that you don't just trick IR. Right. I'm glad that you brought that point up too, because that was one of the criticisms that people had of the video, is that you can only see what's on the screen. But that technology actually does map the IR and a straight shot as well. Uh, from just a regular camera. However, you can't see it on that footage because that was being filmed by one of our attendees. So because he was filming with his light and he had everything going, it kind of washes out the IR image. But Jeff is going to be able to upload the actual recording from the laptop that was running that. And then once we get that up, then you'll be able to see those other shots at the same time. This was just a matter of trying to get the footage up quickly because people were asking for it. So we got a hold of Rick, was uh, generous enough to give us the footage. He also sent us some other footage as well that we'll post up on the uh, YouTube account as well. Uh, But we just wanted to get it up there so people could see it and could talk about it and try to figure out what happened. So once Jeff has a chance, he's going to put up that other footage, and then we'll have a chance for people to look at him side by side. All right, well, I think that uh, that pretty much does it for the Legend Trips wrap-up of last week. Uh, again, we have 11 tickets left for the next event, so you can go to legendtrips.com. If you would like to get tickets to that, you can come investigate with us and Jeff and Dustin Perry, and he'll even talk to you about his Dunkin' Donuts commercial. He'll tell you how good Chobani yogurt is. And, uh, what else What else is he uh, plugging these days on the Twitter? Whatever he can. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever he can. And uh, he'll be there to investigate with you. And he's just a great guy. You'll have a, a fun time. Invest- and it's not like these other events that you've been to where they have the celebrities uh, where, you know, you're going to go and talk to them and they're going to sign your autograph and then you don't see them on the investigation. Heck no. Dustin would never want to do that. He's going to roll up his sleeves and he's going to investigate right alongside everybody else. So uh, you can take part in that. Legendtrips.com is the place to go. We're going to take a quick commercial. And then when we come back on the other side... We will get right into the discussion with Nicola, who's tonight's guest, who we've made patiently wait while we plug Legend Trips. We'll be back with more in just a moment here on Spooky South Coast. Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. It's funny, isn't it? How everybody in town's afraid of you. What's gonna happen tomorrow is gonna happen, and all your worry in the world isn't gonna change that. Spooky South Coast is back. Hey, Matt. I'm gonna take this microphone, and I'm gonna whap you on that side of your head. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. I still haven't seen that all the way through. You haven't seen Billy Jack all the way no, through? No, I know. I know. I have to admit, I haven't seen the Billy Jack sequels. No? I have not seen The Return of How Billy Jack or Billy Jack Goes to Washington. I'm intrigued. I think there's two. Yeah, two. So. See, we have two women in the studio, and they have no idea what Billy Jack is. Billy Jack All is I keep thinking badass. of is He's how Indian, I'm going right? to wake up Native my kids American. tomorrow morning dressed up as the bunny of Donnie Darko. Wait, I made a Donnie Darko joke this morning. That's uh. But it wouldn't be any other way in your household. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'll probably get beat up by Ayana. I was say, do the kids know Donnie Darko? Are they familiar with the film? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> That's very cool. And for those for those who aren't. 
uh, immediately after this program. Watch it on Netflix. So we have joining us here in the studio tonight, Nicola Hoos, and her website is magicllc.com. Is that kind of the main site for everybody to go to? That is the main site. And that's M-A-J-I-K, which is the, the correct spelling, apparently. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, that's, I, I actually spell, I wrote about magic one time, and Rosemary Ellen Guiley corrected me. Like, I put it up on, on MySpace. That's how long ago it was. Mm-hmm. And she wrote, no, 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 the correct spelling is M-A-J-I-K. I'm like, okay. And then I wrote back, uh, whatever you say, R-O-Z-M-A-R-I-E. <laughs> so we've been wanting to have you on for a long time. I first saw you uh, on Spirit Connections with Tiffany Rice, and uh, that was... And Stephanie. And Stephanie was there as well. That was 2012, I think. You guys were just celebrating your first anniversary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you came on, and I was fascinated by the fact that you have cr- these crystal skulls. We talked about them on a few episodes in the past, uh, and we've never really been able to kind of get an answer. And I put this out on my Facebook paranormal debate the other day of if they have healing properties. Now, you work with these skulls all the time. Uh, so the first question I'm going to ask you is, do they have healing properties? Absolutely. And how did you come about to, to find that out? I've worked with them. I, it's like they have their own personality, mm-hmm. and their personalities come through. Uh, crystals have their own vibrations. Uh, the, the frequencies that come through are you know, just like any of us, although I don't know if I have a crystal that matches Matt Menezes. Have you ever heard of the phrase strange frequencies? Very strange. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But they do have healing properties because crystals have uh, very high vibrations. And when you create a field of energy with a high vibration, uh, there's entrainment that occurs. Law of physics here. Yeah. So when you have a, a frequency that's up high and you have another frequency that's down low, they're going to do one of three things. The low one's going to entrain up to the high one if it maintains its high frequency. Or the high one can come down to the low frequency, which is what happens when we're around negative people. Our frequencies kind of go down. That's when you feel drained and all of that. If you maintain your high frequency, then, you know, you can either you can also meet in the middle somewhere. So what you want to do when you're healing and working with healing frequencies is maintain that high frequency so that the cells of the body entrain up to that high frequency. So is that the fact that some people are going to be at a higher frequency, some people are going to be at a lower one, and you know when you don't get along with somebody, when you don't like being around somebody, is that when they are, are, they're unable to meet in the middle? They're unable to kind of give and bend a little? Right, and it depends on what you are doing versus, you know, if you and Matt are having issues... You know, like a married couple over here. Um, we do have we have different issues, but they are issues. <laughs> but if you guys are having issues, and you know, every time that you're around Matt, he makes you feel like, ugh. That's because you're going down to a lower frequency when you're around him. I say, I think with us, it's more like which one of us can drag the other one down lower. Oh <laughs> well, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Sheesh. It's uh, it, it, it's almost like a competition at this point. No, I can be creepier. No, I can be creepier. So uh, when when 
you have, I mean, is this like a permanent frequency that you are at, that you live and exist at? Or is it something that can fluctuate depending on what you do with your life or, or, or how you just, you know, if you're having a bad day, are you at a lower frequency yes. than you might be normally? Yes. So what you want to do is try to maintain a high frequency, stay at that, stay at that level, um, because that's, you know, love frequencies, happiness, joy, uh, gratitude, that kind of thing. That's going to keep you at a high frequency. When you're, you know, miserable and complaining and this and that, that's when your body gives in to the lower frequencies. So when you're working with crystal skulls or even crystals in general, especially quartz, quartz will amplify energies. So if you're you know, being in a miserable state and you're starting to work with the quartz, you're going to amplify these energies that that you're emitting. So you want to work with crystals with a higher energy, a higher vibration, you know, different frequencies that are going to be in that healing realm. So you want to amplify that and bring it up higher. So you worked with crystals before working with them in the form of a skull you worked with and how did you come about utilizing those i mean is it something that you read about is it something that you experienced for yourself for the crystals or the skulls crystals to begin with well i uh when i was young i was always intrigued by crystals a little bit uh so i did a little bit of dabbling with the crystals i always liked them uh i had my own little rock collection kind of thing but um i never fully immersed into it until I had a near-death experience. So then all of a sudden I was picking up stones, knowing what their names were, knowing what the properties were, and it was just, there was tons of information that was coming. So this was, it was kind of like an awakening for you and another sense that became awakened by tragedy. Well, I don't know if it was tragedy. Well, by, what's the word I'm looking for? Trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Trauma. That's that's a good word for it. Yeah. And so that kind of awakened that sense. So then you make uh, the jump at some point to actually working with the skulls? Yeah, it was one of those things where all of a sudden a skull just found me, and I had an immediate connection. I began working with this skull. I had no idea anything about the skulls at that point in time. I just knew that this one kept coming to me and coming to me and uh, when I actually you know got it in my hands and was working with it it just brought tons of visions and tons of information and tons of my own healing on multiple levels so working with that it's kind of like a Lay's potato chip when you you can't just eat one Mm -hmm. so when a skull comes into your life you tend to attract more they want their friends did you did you see it somewhere? Did somebody else have it? I mean, how did you first come in contact with it? Yes, I um, became in contact with it from somebody who was selling uh, some crystal skulls. Well, it works out well then if they're selling. Yes. Because it's terrible if it calls you and it's somebody else's prized possession. Yeah, true. Has that happened where other people have had skulls that you've been kind of jealous? Nah, not really. Because you know... They do call, and it's very nice to, to visit other skulls. Uh, some of the ancients, that's a huge responsibility. I know that there are a lot of people out there that kind of, you know, I wish I had, I wish I had that, but I don't know if I would want that responsibility. That's huge. So what is the difference then in the abilities and the, the healing properties of crystals that are in a skull shape as compared to just utilizing regular crystals? 
Uh, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. The the main the main thing that I'm looking at when I look at it is it looks way cooler when you're working with it. So there's there's exactly. that aspect. Yes, um, when it's carved into the form of the human skull. It can hold higher vibrations. Yap von Itten actually did a lot of uh, studies with this, and he's got a lot of science background. He's a scientist, and he's done a lot of um, electromagnetic fields around the skulls and vortexes and, and things like that. So he's got a lot of data in his books. He's got several out now. But the electromagnetic field changes when it's carved into the skull, it holds higher uh, levels of frequency. So it can hold more levels of frequency than just if this were a, you know, just a big crystal point. So this is something that somebody manufactured out of a a huge chunk of crystal and shaved it down into the the shape of a skull. Yes. Uh, But some of the older ones, uh, the ones that you refer to as the ancients, those... You know, are, are head scratchers because, no pun intended, because they don't, you don't find the tool marks and they come, they're dated at a time from before we had the ability and the tools to be able to construct something like that. Right. So, I mean, what is, I mean, what's your opinion on where those must come from? I know that there's lots of schools of thought about it. Right. There are uh, many different theories with that. And, you know, there's always the, the option of, of the whole, star beings or aliens helped create it and I'm not really sure if I fully believe that you know aliens carved the crystal and then you know descended it down to earth but I think that what is seems a little bit more believable at least to me is the information is passed from um, you know other life form to us back in the day when we could handle certain informations and and maybe with sound frequencies and different things like that you can create a laser effect so if sound and is created in different certain angles d- different pitches and and that kind of thing with multiple people involved you can create this laser effect and maybe that's how some things were formed I don't know. It's all speculation. It's fun to think about what actually could happen, but I think that's kind of believable. Yeah. Well, you know, here we believe it all uh, until we prove otherwise. But with the with the skulls, it seems like they have the ability, as you were mentioning, you can pick up information and pick up. The, it's almost like they're a transistor, like they're like they're broadcasting a story, a history. Right. Has that been what you've encountered with all the different skulls you've worked with? Do they all seem to come at you with a backstory and with information to share? Yes, and different ones are at different levels because if you have something that's been, you know, immediately carved, it's going to hold the information of whatever that crystal held. So if it came out from deep in the earth, it may not have had a lot of interaction to create some kind of human story but you may feel the, the essence of where it came from or something like that. But it's something that's been out and moves around and has been exchanged hands quite frequently is going to have a little bit more of a story to tell you. So you, you have a shop. Yes. And tell everybody a little bit about your shop. My shop is called Rising Lotus. It's located at 30 Main Street in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. 
And you have a website for that, too, if you want to plug that. I do have a website for that, and it's rising-lotus.com. Um, still working on the website right now, but the Facebook page is Rising Lotus Magic LLC with the M-A-J-I-K. So. so if somebody comes to the shop and they're, they're, they're having, I don't know, they're having some problems, some issues, and they say, you know, I'd, I'd like to see if you can use, utilize one of these crystal skulls to help me get my frequency back where it's supposed to be, what would that process be? A lot of times it's a personal interaction with the skull and that person. So they can, I'll ask them if they want to, to sit with one of the skulls and, you know, see what kind of comes to surface. So, and then I use my intuition as well to see, you know, where they need healing and, and direct healing by uh, increasing uh the field around those areas but if they're interacting with the skull itself then it's kind of one of those things where you have to let that person work it out mm -hmm. so depending if they want to share that information what's coming you can utilize that so and and is it something that usually if they're having these issues you know they they go through one session with it or do you find that they come back again and again and they they need a little bit more time to continue the process Good question, and that depends on how deep an issue is and how quickly it comes to surface and the releasement of that. So uh, as with anything, things that are deep-rooted and, and have been something chronic over long periods of time, they're going to take a little bit longer usually to um, get rid of that, release it. Because I mean, I'm sure for some people it's a matter of, they just need something. They need some sort of physical representation that allows them. And, and, and Stephanie, I'm sure you go through this a lot too when, when you're doing you know, medium, mediumship work for people where they just kind of need that almost like permission, that reason to let go of whatever they're holding on to. Yep. It, it's a matter of they're, they're ready. They're ready to move on, but they just need that one catalyst for it. And it, whether it can be sitting with you, whether it can be sitting with the skull, that kind of gives them that reason to let it go and reason to release. A lot of times, too, I'm sure, Nicole, you'll agree, like, on the... On a healing table, you're doing a healing session. People fight with like their subconscious and their conscious. Oh, they yeah. might be consciously ready to let something go, but the subconscious isn't okay. And that's, I think, where crystals come in handy, and especially crystal skulls. Um, because, I mean, with Reiki and different things like that, you know, Nicole does different healing techniques. You can do different things in order to kind of bring things to the surface, but a lot of work goes into it. So crystals are a huge factor in that. Right. It's the amplification of that, and also different crystals have different properties. So where some people need, you know, like a, a heart chakra healing. So if they, if they need healing within the heart, you can use something else, like a rose quartz mm -hmm. versus the, the clear quartz. So you want to be able to mend the areas that need mending and then allow that to be released. So you can utilize different... Uh, matrix of crystal based on what somebody needs. Can someone become dependent and overly dependent on crystals or, or crystal skulls in particular? I would say yes, because I think that humans tend to have that uh, addict factor, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I think that you can become addicted to anything. Some people, they become addicted to just collecting the skulls. They'll, they'll buy up all these skulls, but are they utilizing them? Mm -hmm. So I kind of ask, 
those people out there, if you're if you're into the crystal skulls, are you utilizing them because they come to you for a purpose? And if that's you know if you're doing the work with them, sometimes it's a crystal that you love, you cherish. And then all of a sudden one day it says, okay, it's time for me to go. I need to go to somebody else. And sometimes it's like, you know, sending your baby off to college, <laughs> right? Um, so there's a lot of emotional attachment that can, can be there too. So I've seen people that all they do is collect the skulls, collect, collect, collect. But are they doing the work with them? So now if somebody wants to acquire one, do you sell them at Rising Lotus? Do you have to get them from websites or from eBay? How do you, how do you acquire one if you're interested in I sell them at Rising Lotus. So people that want to come on in and have a hands-on experience, they can come in, check them out. It's great to, to be able to touch, feel, experience the skull to see which ones are actually calling out to you. Um, I do sell online. Most of my selling goes through my Facebook page because usually when they go up, they go out mm-hmm. so uh, people can take a look at that and experience the energies of the pictures I try to capture their essence in the pictures and 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 this skull here which you said is is Thelma is that what you said yes mm-hmm. her name is Soma Naatea okay I will let you continue to pronounce that instead of me <laughs> but so now that looks like it looks like it's about half the size of my skull which means it's probably the size of a normal person's head it is Pretty much the exact size of my skull. Well, that worked out pretty well then, uh, which means it's still about half the size of my huge dome. But uh, so are, are the, all the ones that you have, are they that size or do you have smaller ones? I've seen them all different sizes. Yes, I have some that are little tiny ones. Um, size doesn't really matter because... I was going to ask that and trying to find a... a <laughs> I was reading your mind. threw it out there. <laughs> Tossing it out there. Um... Yeah, I've had some small skulls that the, the their power just starts numbing my arm. Wow! Because it's such a high frequency, and um, and it it all depends on the person what you resonate with. Something that I love and resonate completely with, Steph might be like, meh. But then the complete opposite, there may be something that that she likes that. You know, it's not something that's for me. It's for her. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you feel like there is an adjustment period to the skull once you acquire it? Because I remember the skull that you gave me, I was holding for a while, and I was so unfocused, I couldn't answer a question correctly. Like, (laughs) I was out in, like, outer space, no pun intended or anything, but I just, the the energy from it was kind of screwing me up, and I was actually on a walkthrough, um for a place that actually a family that had called that needed some sort of insight on what was going on in their home with activity. Like, I I can't do this. I I couldn't form thoughts. I couldn't go into any type of like reading state, nothing. And she had to hold the skull for me for the rest of the time. So do you feel like there is an adjustment period once you do acquire a skull? Right. I think what was happening is that, you know, the skull was trying to communicate and work with you and it was messing up you know, what you were trying to do because you were focused away from the actual skull and the work that the skull was trying to do with you. So it may have been that this particular skull is very strong with its messages for you, and it was demanding your focus at the time, which wasn't really the time. Kind of like a kid. 
Because, I mean, that must be a little bit strange when, you know, you, you two are very good friends, and, and I know that you feel like you're on pretty much the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, if you're on the same wavelength, you would expect that. Well, if this skull speaks to you, then it should speak to her as well. And you want to say, hey, try this out because it works for me. But it, it might not. There might just be one little difference uh, that, that keeps it from happening. Is it? Does it have to be an immediate connection with the skull to know right away, or can you, you know, work it out and give it time? Like people, like some some people take a while to, you know, grow on you and get to know you. <laughs> and but, oh. as I'm pointing to these two guys, no, but you know, it, take, it takes them a while to come out of their yes. shells. And uh, and I, I don't mean that to be insulting at all to these guys, but you know, they're not uh, they're not somebody that you're going to know what they're all about the first time you meet them. Right. You know, it, it, they're guarded guys, and it takes a little while. Me, I'm going to talk your ear off the first time we meet. Is it kind of like that way with the skulls, too? Does some of them kind of take a while to warm up to you? Yes, I would say yes, because there are some that, you know, you feel this immediate connection with at some level, but then it's like, okay, well, what's your name? And they wait and wait and wait, and it, things happen at their due time. And um, Mine still hasn't told me. Yeah, and that happens. I still have some that I've had for years that haven't told me their name, but that's okay. It's it's just one of those things. At the same time, I have some that I have to say, will you guys be quiet? Because they're just... And that's all you hear is... And you literally hear it. And she has them all in her bedroom, too. Yeah, had, had, had. I had to move them because I had to say, you know... Jeez, will you just shut up, please? Is, is I that, mean that nicely. <laughs> is that how it comes across? Is it, is it a thought that pops in your head, or is it a voice that whispers in your ear? Uh, well, I hear things, so it would actually sound like... <laughs> wow, that would probably drive me nuts, yeah. Yeah, it definitely drives me nuts. And you can feel them, like things are happening, and it's like they're having their own conversations with each other, and, you know, it just gets... To the point where, you know, in the middle of the night, can you be quiet, please? I'm trying to sleep here. Humans have to sleep. And it doesn't work. Like, you can't just, like, put them in a bag and close up the bag and that. You could. And that, but that doesn't silence them. You know, they don't get Sometimes the point. Sometimes you can put, like, a blanket over them. So it's like when you have the parrot. Silence. And you, put, you put the sheet over the parrot's cage and the parrot knows that it's, oh, nighttime. That was a terrible parrot impression, too. Well, we are, com- <laughs> we are coming up on the end of the first hour, but we will be back in the next hour. We can talk about so much more. I want to talk to you about everything that you do, aura photography. I want to talk about spoons. Uh, I want to talk about all kinds of things and what people can find out if they go to Rising Lotus and what type of things they can find out about themselves and uh, what avenues they can pursue there. If anybody has any questions during the course of the program, you can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. 7,000 high school. Be quiet. It's not your time yet. We also have the chat room on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. And uh, it is a little bit different than the chat room that we've used in the past. Uh, we've been experimenting with some different things. Matt, are we sticking with this chat room? Is this the way we're going for the future? Um. For the time being. At least for now. So if you are somebody who uses that chat room, please help us out. Make yourself an account on Ustream. Make yourself a name so that we know who you are and how to refer to you. I am not going to read a question coming from Ustreamer 0476583529. You know, please try and make some kind of a name so that we have a reference point for it. Uh, you can also tweet us at SpookySC, and you can email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. But the phone lines are the best way to reach out, 508 996 1420 We'll be back following the news with more Spooky South Coast. We're here all the way until midnight. 
here on WBSM. Presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Foster. Welcome back, our number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, who's even more silent now that we've put him in a corner. I'm banished to the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> And uh, I'm embarrassed that I can make that joke. And uh, also the science advisor extraordinaire, Matt Moniz. We talk about the paranormal each and every Saturday night here on WBSM and also on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com and also on the Dark Matter Radio Network. If you do not have a chance to listen to the program live uh, or if you don't listen to podcasts and you want to still be able to stream the show, we appear on the Dark Matter Radio Network Thursdays at 1 a.m. Is it? Is that what it is? Is it Thursdays into Friday? Yeah, I think so. Because it's 10 o'clock, like the time where they run it from, but it's 1 o'clock our time. Right. So you'll be able to uh, check us out there each week. And uh, we've been actually, we've been one of the more listened to shows on Dark Matter. Yep. So I'm pretty. Uh, uh, I like this uh, this moving of the monitor just to say hello. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it may, it may, I put in some effort hello. so that we can interact. You know, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Uh, so we are proud, proud, so proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network, which is, of course, will be the online home of art bell so that's just to be kind of in the same you know mention as art bell uh, is an honor for us and you know we just try and keep raising the bar each and every week and uh sometimes we fail but sometimes we succeed and speaking of raising the bar the bar will be raised on may 10th when stephanie burke will be coming in and hosting the program Woo! Yeah. what do you uh, what do you have planned for that night anything special I had a plan, but it was stolen. So. Hey, you talked to <laughs> you talked to Costa. He he starts booking the show, and immediately he uh, steals away your guests. Our no, friendship is on like something else right it, now. It, it's <laughs> it's not doing well. So no. we uh, we have to have a talk go? later about um, this. Every time I take a bite of food, he puts me on the live feed <laughs> business. So on top of stealing my guest for May tenth, which was the lovely Nicola, who's who's on tonight. I'm going to have to come up with something spectacular. I don't know how she's going to top you, Nicole. I don't know either. Don't and how do you feel? To, how, do you, how does it feel to sit there knowing that she thinks she can? That's even worse. Who says she's not coming back? That, you can do whatever you want. It's your show that night. It's uh, Matt will be pressing all the buttons for you, and uh, he'll... He'll be handling all this, but other than that, it's all on you. Because I'm going to be in Minnesota, so... I am a little nervous Minnesota. about filling your shoes. You know, I, I thought about trying to... Get an accent before then, because I'm just going to take so much crap from everybody about oh your New England accent. It's like no, I work hard at not having one. Yep. You know, I try as much as I can, and people tell me that all the time when they listen on podcasts. I love your, I love your Boston accent. I don't have a Boston accent. I don't have a Boston accent. Accent. My podcast. Somebody told me the other day that I'm the only person that they know that pronounces the ing in words. You do. I've noticed that with you. You do. But. Is that a bad thing? You put a very... It's uh, a hard pronunciation of the ink. Yes, really? you, you put a very solid emphasis on it. So it's all right. It's not a bad it thing. From. It, it's 
it comes from your subconscious aversion to saying things with just an N apostrophe at the end. Yes, that's that what it is. Me. I yeah, always sees? said like car, park. No, no, no. The, I'm talking about like words with ing. No, I know, but, but I've said ours like, too. Ours like are for years when I said nothing. I used to say nothing for a long time. Really? It took a lot of work. To, and then I worked my way up to nothing. Something. And something was another one. Yeah, something. And then I worked my way up to something. And now yeah, I'm, I think was, I'm at something. That was cool in like 1998. I don't think it was ever cool. I think we always just sounded stupid. <laughs> Everybody else in the world's probably like, what's up with Boston? So, uh, hey, you know, this is, this is uh, the way we talk. We can't help it. We, uh, we can take classes, but it's still going to come out once in a while. That's very true. So I'll be in Minnesota that weekend. I'll be uh, taking part in an investigation of the Mounds Theater along with Ooh. Ian Xavier, pro wrestler extraordinaire. He runs an organization out there. So we'll be having a ghost hunt at the Mounds Theater on Friday night, which is going to be fun because I'm leaving here at like 5, almost 6 o'clock at night. Wow. And I'm landing in Minnesota at 9.30. And then we're going right to the investigation from there. So, hey, how you doing, Jack? <laughs> so uh, we're going to do that. And then uh, I'll be up all night. I think I'm going to wake up the next day and host the show remotely via Skype. I think that's the plan, Matt Cost. We yeah. haven't talked to Pete about this yet. Whatever. Yeah, he he's, doesn't he's only know. the program manager. Right. Whatever. We don't need to tell him. Uh, so I'm going to try and host a show from Minnesota after having been up all night, catch a few hours of sleep, and then I'm going to be the featured guest at a pro wrestling event that night. That's really cool. Then I found out my flight, because I asked the guy who was putting it all together, I said, I kind of need to fly out of Minnesota as quickly as I can because it's Minnesota. <laughs> well, no, because i got to get home the next day. I have to work the next day. So uh, I'm booked for a 5.55 a.m. flight out of Minnesota. That is miserable. Oh. Miserable. <laughs> Nobody bothered me on Monday, no. May twelfth, because I am not going to be of any any uh, mind or or physicalness to interact. Uh, physicalness is even a word. Don't drool on the person on the side of you on the plane, please. No, that's really rude. I hate when people do that. Because that happens so quite a bit. If you're that guy, we can't be friends anymore either. It, well, you'd have to ask Jeff because I've only been on a plane once and I sat next to Jeff, so I don't know. I, I think if I drooled on him, he would have let me know. I've fallen asleep on the plane twice going to Florida the past couple of times, and I was a little embarrassed the last time. I fell asleep with my mouth open, and my husband didn't tell me. Well. He let it happen. He let people laugh at me. That's all right. I mean, it was, it was, it was worth it when Nicole I... Nicole laughed at me. Yeah, when I, when I went online and saw the video on Twitter, did. it was worth it's it. It's probably on the internet somewhere. But, uh, yeah, it was, only my, it was my but first time were... flying, so... I, I wasn't going to sleep. And this will be my second time, so I probably won't really? go to sleep either. Yeah. I'm, I've lived a sheltered life. Uh, and, of course, we'll be at uh, Parahistory Con 2 coming up uh, the first weekend of May. Uh, we'll be heading down there. Spooky Crew Unmass, I guess. We have to talk about that because I think we're going to have to rent a car. Oh, yeah. I think we already we, we, we pushed the Subaru to its limits trying to go to Hartford yeah. last week. I say we should go by dirigible. That's if a good idea. We should I like rent that. It. If is, anybody is, knows how to get a dirigible, it's Moniz. Does have a... Have a dirigible rental? No, they only have Zeppelins. No. Yeah, no. no. I'm not getting one of them. No. Or the last unless, time. Unless it's late. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I remember what happened the last time we went by Zeppelin. <laughs> oh, all I'm saying. <laughs> should rent a space car. We should. We'll get there in record time. We're renting. We're renting a Kia Rio because they're like thirty bucks a day. That's what we're renting. <laughs> We're all squeezing ourselves in there. I was going to ask you if you wanted to come along with us, but we would have to put you in the trunk of the Kia Rio. Why? We can take the space car. Well, we could do that, too. This is We'll, we'll talk about all this <laughs> off the air. But, yeah, it's, in some form or fashion, uh, we will be represented at Parahistory Con, too. And uh, I haven't asked you guys yet, but uh, I've been asked to take part in a uh, panel discussion on Paranormal Talk Radio. And I was wondering if perhaps 
Well, actually, John, the organizer, wanted me to extend the invite to you guys to take part in the panel as well. So if you want to. You don't have to, but uh, if you'd like to. Everybody, we're just going down there for the Friday night VIP party. That's we want. I we heard, that's all anybody cares about. Yeah, we heard it gets crazy. It's all just. It's all just about having a, a big party. Uh, so that'll be coming up. We're gonna. You're gonna see us like we're gonna have pictures of Crystal Skull vodka. We're gonna be like sending right. people like, yeah, look, see, we got ours too. Does that have energy? Uh, I think through Herkimer diamonds. Hmm? What, what? I'm sorry. It's filtered through Herkimer diamonds. It is. Yes. I, see, that's Dan a diamond I've never is heard. A, I didn't know a very a paranormal. He person, is. You know. And if he would respond to my request to come on the show, like we had lined up originally the first year we were on the yeah, air. So you just want free vodka. It's not so much that. It's that I think he knows that uh, I think he knows that we like to go to his blues bar in Hyannis and he thinks they're gonna rack up a huge bill and be like, Well, we know Dan. We've we've had we're Dan and I are like this. So five oh eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. See how I can kinda try to bring things back a little bit? Take notes because this is what you need to know how to do. You're scaring me. On May tenth. How? You're making I'm you making nervous. you nervous? Yes. I have big shoes to fill. <laughs> I wear like a size 13, so good luck with that. Just wear your own shoes. If you wear mine, you're going to trip. Probably, yes. So, uh, But you'll do a fine job. Just remember, there's there's nobody listening. It's the millions of downloads that we get after the show that you have to worry oh, no about. No big deal. Right. Not at all. No we pressure. Can, we can edit it. <laughs> That's what we do. So we are talking with Nicole about uh, the different things that she offers and the different techniques that she utilizes to help you uh, just kind of be a better person. And uh, and we have a phone call on the line. So that, that actually happened pretty quickly. What? Two phone calls on the line? I'm sorry. Did we say we were giving free readings or something? Because usually that's the only time the phone lines light up. It's because, you know what it is? I called them out. I said nobody's listening. So they're calling to let us know that they are. We like phone calls. Absolutely. The phone calls make the show go so much better. It's your show. We just press the buttons. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Nicole LaHousse. Hello. Is it me? You are on the air. Yeah. Well, you're the only one that knows if it's you, sir. <laughs> Question for Nicole. Um, as far as the skulls uh, go... Um, is there a more definite way to pick out a skull as far as the, you mentioned the frequency uh, that these things admit uh, versus the individual? Yes. Um, is, there, is there a way to, you know, um, kind of match that? What you want to do when you're picking out a skull is to just see what kind of jumps out at you. If you're looking at a whole bunch of different skulls, so say you're shopping at Rising Lotus and you're taking a look at the whole case that I have of crystal skulls and you want to know which one works for you, you'll want to see which one kind of jumps out at you, catches your attention, and then you'll want to kind of play with that and see if it keeps bringing your attention back to it if you... Uh, divert away from it and usually it's the one that's a little bit nagging at you to you always keep going back to that's something that just um, so is this more like a visual thing or, or more or less a, uh, a feeling it depends on you if you have that sensitivity to crystals when you put them in your hand and can feel like an energy or a tingle or something like that you may have one that tingles more or creates some kind of sensation. It could be something that you feel in your heart or through your body or something that speaks to you in your mind. Um, it, everybody has a different way that they 
uh, feel or communicate with the crystals. So it depends on what your sensitivity is. Oh, okay. All right, very good. I just uh, figured I'd touch on that. All right, well, thank you so much for the call. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night and happy Easter. You too. And, I mean, does anybody ever go and, you know, it's for them it's kind of more about price than it is about the connection? I mean, are they looking and saying, well, you know, I just want to, I'm just starting out here, so how much is your starter model? Starter model. Well, (laughs) we have different prices anywhere Mm -hmm. from, you know, a few dollars all the way up to thousands of dollars. And... Yes, people have, you know, sometimes people have the beer budget champagne taste, mm-hmm. and sometimes it just is a matter of if something's supposed to happen, sometimes something happens where you get the extra cash and it, it, it just comes to be. Other times it's, yes, keep it within your budget, and I can help you do that. I can show you, you know, what is it that you're looking for, what kind of properties are you interested in and what is your price range and i can show you that because i'm sure it's happened a few times where a couple's walked in and the wife says this one's speaking to me and and the husband says well can't the one underneath it that's you know leave the husband at home there you go (laughs) all right we have another call on the line here and if you would like to call in and ask nicole a question 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 good evening you are next on spooky south coast with nicole who's Hi, Tim. I was calling to find out your take on something. Is it okay to ask you right now? Sure. Okay. Um, Something very strange happened several decades ago. Um, Traveling in New Bedford on 140, taking the turn onto 195 West, and we heard a thumping on the roof of the car, like a knocking sound. First it sounded like somebody was knocking on the roof. Then it sounded like maybe something had been left on the roof. But there wasn't anything there, and it continued as we took the entire turn and continued again as we got onto 195. So we pulled over to the shoulder of the road. Another car was already there, but we pulled, you know, quite a bit ahead of them. Got out of the car. There was nothing on the car, yet we heard another knocking. You heard it when you went outside of the vehicle, too? We were outside the vehicle, um, and we heard a knock again on the top of the roof of the car popped open the hood just to make sure there was no animal or anything, but still it wasn't from the hood. It was on the roof of the car. And saw nothing there. I mean, is there such a thing as an invisible, you know? Well, anyway, got back in the car, still puzzled, like, what in the world is going on? And then the car that had been pulled over, that had pulled over to the side of the road also, pulled um, along the shoulder and came right behind us. And the man got out and said, did anything funny, anything weird happen? We are hearing these weird sounds. And we said, yeah, we are too. And then that was the end of it. We never heard it again. Well, that I mean, that's strange. My first inclination would have been to ask, you know, what time of year it was. Uh, you know, February. If it was, so, okay, so it was colder weather as opposed to warmer weather where the metal might have been expanding. Uh, wh- had you had anything on the roof and that maybe, you know, there might have been some indentations that were popping out or? Oh, not that I can remember. I don't think so. I never thought of that, but I don't think so. No, it wouldn't it's, have been heavy enough to, it might have just been like, you know, some light bags or something, but, you know, before a trip, but no. Nothing really heavy. Especially, too, where somebody else was having it happen at the same time. Right. Uh, that That's very interesting. Uh, I can't think of anything that would be um, a natural explanation. I mean, uh, we have a couple of scientists here in the studio, Nicole and Matt, uh, but uh, I, I personally can't think of anything that would have 
gone across multiple cars. Unless, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, when you say it was a knocking, was it like a, like a hard thumping or was it yes. more like a ping? Yes. In fact, my first thought was once I had left a gallon of milk on the uh, roof of the car and as I drove away, it was thump, thump, thump and I could hear it. It was like, oh no, I could hear it doing that. Well, that was kind of like the sound, but nothing had been left on the roof. Because hmm, so it wouldn't have been like a gravel truck or something. Because that would have been more of a little pingy sound. No, no. And in fact, when we were taking the turn, there was no other car except ours taking that turn when it first started. Hmm. I have to say, uh, it's a head scratcher for me. Oh, okay. And uh, anybody there that might have any opinions on that? Anybody else? Maybe, maybe somebody else has had something similar happen that yeah. they could call in and share. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. I thought I'd ask you anyway because we never figured out what it was. And um, I'd love to know what it was. Well, I'll look and see if I can find any similar reports. Thank you. All right. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 508 are the numbers if you have any questions. Or maybe you've had an experience like that and you want to share and let us know. And, uh, you know, but metal can act funny. We know that metal especially. Well, bear in mind that, say, in February, you've got the heat that's turning on from inside the car. The outside of the metal is contracted from the cold, and you're heating up the inside, and it starts to expand and pop. Right. That's the first thing that I thought of was, you know, with the especially the older cars with the metal roofs, then, um, you know, that happens a lot, especially as they get older, they get a little bit like, you know, like a, like a saw when you... Mm-hmm. Like that. Like, and it creates that. Yep. I mean, maybe, too, if there was ice on the roof and that ice is starting to crack, that could cause kind of that knocking sound uh, again and again. But, you know, that's, you can't be sure with metal because it does all kinds of things, including that you can bend it. You yes. Can, you can bend spoons. You can bend it. And I, I want to find out more about this because, you know, I grew up, I always watched the shows like That's Incredible and things like that. And I saw Yuri Geller, and I've had the chance to communicate with Uri back and forth uh, via email. Uh, how does this work? How does this happen? Uh, well, remember we were talking about entrainment? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's along that line where you want to access... Well, I teach people how to access the quantum field, and that's really what you want to do when you're um, you know, spoon bending or fork bending. I use forks because the tines give you extra practice, and it's a lot more fun. So... When you access that, you it's kind of one of those things where I try to take your mind off of trying to bend it. Mm-hmm. And you're using techniques that, there are tons of techni- techniques that you can use to, to do this thing. But I teach a few techniques that tend to work very quickly with different people and um, with the variety of techniques that I, that I show during this class. It, uh, I've had 100% bend rate with everybody that's taken the class. Wow. So I'm a little proud of that. <laughs> um, everybody has bent before they left the class. And what you do is you access that quantum field, and there's a window of time for you to actually bend the metal. And you can feel it. And once you know what that feeling is, you can then expand and lengthen that time so you can do more with it. So when it's happening, I mean, what are you what are you seeing visually? Is it is it you know like a complete downward or upward motion, or is it more of just a little tiny subtle movement, or does it depend on you know how strong the person is able to do it? 
depends on all a bunch of factors where you know how much time you have how long you can stay in that field and you know how you're manipulating the the fork i basically i purchase very high-end uh, forks that you know you're a bigger guy than Stephanie, right? So if you take that fork and you're going to try to bend it, everybody, I tell everybody to play around with that fork and see. Because when you first start doing this, you're going to have to apply a little bit of pressure in order to do the bend. But you're testing to make sure, you know, where, what do you feel, how much strength, you know, you can go and push on that thing and it's not going to, it's not going to do anything. But when you access that field, then all of a sudden it bends like butter. So you can do different things with it. So my son actually took one of the forks. Uh, he's 12 years old and made a loop-de-loop -loop wow. with it. And the fork neck is this thick. You know, it's like about a centimeter thick. That's, that's pretty crazy. I wish I could <laughs> utilize that ability to bend back all my forks that have gone <laughs> the wrong way over the years, you know, especially yeah. when you shove everything in the drawer. <laughs> yep. And my I, husband gives me the... Hairy eyeball when we go out to dinner and I'm looking at some of the forks going, <laughs> Wonder, <is> yeah. <laughs> other people look at it as flatware. You look at it as a challenge. Yes. So, and, and one of the other things, too, you brought in an example here is you do aura photography. That's something that I've always, uh, you, you know, I see people do it and I've never really understood the idea of aura. People will tell me things about myself based on my auras. I'm like, well, you're right. But I still don't understand how this works and how you can see it question. I've seen ours all my life. I um, I love to do the aura readings. Mm -hmm. uh, with the aura photo, people get the picture. They get to see what it is that I see. I see a little bit more layers than what comes out on, on the photos. And I see thought forms and things like that. So that makes being in meetings a little bit more interesting. Um, no, no pulling the wool over your eyes, then. No, my kids get very upset because they can't lie to me, and they get very mad and say, "You know, why do you have to do that every single time?" Sorry, honey, just tell the truth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's your own fault for lying, kids. Right? We try now. So this is this is just a chance to for the person sitting for the photograph to have a visual idea of what you would be telling them. Right, because if you know somebody tells you, oh, you have a, a red aura and this is what that means and um, you have nothing to go by and you could, especially when there are areas of focus, like what I like to call them, areas of focus, of things that you can bring your attention to to make things better in your life. We tend to say, you know, what we were talking about before, the fight, uh, the fight to, to recognize and then a release and let that go. If you're sitting there telling somebody that you need, you know, to focus on, you know, a certain aspect of your life, and this is a good example of, like, what you can, techniques that you can utilize to do that, people will kind of fall into that trap of, ah, well, you know, she doesn't know what she's talking about, and you go in that denial mode, mm -hmm. where when you actually have the photo and I'm showing you these things, it kind of brings in that point of, well, there isn't really much to deny about this because it's right in front of you. So you'll, you'll go through the process of telling them what you see, then take the photo and then show it to them? Is that... I take the photo, and then as I... As we walk through the photo, 
I'm telling them I'm reading their aura and I'm, I'm telling them um, on the different layers of, you know, what it is that I see and I'm showing them in the picture what it is that I see. And what has to be done to a camera to make it have the ability to capture those auras? Or is it something it's that... It's a special camera. It's uh, the AuraCam 6000. Uh, it's created by Guy Coggins. Very, very intelligent guy. I've had plenty of conversations with him. We've talked a lot about, you know, science and research and, you know, doing things with the aura. Um, super nice. And a lot of research went into, you know, the hand plates that are used and just making sure that it's picking up on the proper channels and meridians and your bioelectromagnetic field, which is your aura. And so uh, when you're looking at someone, though, is it something that you see all the time or is it something that you get tune into? I mean, are you walking around seeing everybody's aura around them and, and then you can kind of know like who you want to avoid getting stuck in a conversation with? I mean, I know who I want to avoid getting stuck in a conversation <laughs> with just by looking at them. But I'm not seeing their aura. I'm just uh, making snap judgments because I'm a jerk. It's the same thing. Is it? I think so. It, you just have a different edge. Yeah. I have a visual edge. Um, I see and I feel it. So for me, I have learned to turn it on and off. And usually I try to keep it off. Sometimes things just jump out at me anyway. It doesn't matter if it's on or off. But See, I just go by, well, that guy looks like a jerk. I don't want to talk to him. But that's you <laughs> using your intuition. Is it intuition or is it more We're that I just don't like judge. people? You're not <laughs> judging because you're not the type of person. We know that. Oh, you don't know me as well as you think you do. Oh, Tim. I judge everybody. Okay, I ju- so Tim's tough on the radio. <laughs> no, I do. No, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. No, I know. I'm already making assumptions in my mind about people just by looking at them. But how do you know that that's not your intuition and that you're just being a jerk? Because it's always bad. Yeah, my intuition is never like that guy looks like we could be good how friends. How many people have how many people have you done that to that you end up actually like really liking them? Um, yeah. There's been a few times where I've been wrong. Well, everybody's wrong. I couldn't point. stand you the first time I met you. It happens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. No, no. I, how could I not story. love her? She was holding a copy of my book. Yeah. That's like, true. She's like, I'm buy, I want to buy this. Will you sign it for me? And I was like, You are my new best friend. I already <laughs> bought it. This is this is how bad. Talk about like brown nose i and i didn't even know him i had no idea but what really intrigued me was the the story on like local like i love local history and i'm like reading about it and everything and um (laughs) linda lynch was in the book so she's like i'm in this book this is so cool i took it home that night i read it in like six hours and i brought it back which by the way is not a compliment to a writer like when you say, I got Why? through your book in six hours, I'm like, well, I should have tried shows, harder. I'm a nerd and I read really fast. <laughs> so, Or it shows that my book's only 80 pages long. Or it just shows that I couldn't put the book down. That's that's so, fine. It's when the guy comes at me and says, I read your book in one session sitting on the throne. I would read Harry Potter, which is like, <laughs> that's horrible. Um, I read Harry Potter like 700 pages in like 36 hours. And there's nonstop. Straight. I think I slept for five. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, you, so, you're a little sick. Um, I'm a nerd. I'm a horrible, like, I, I just, I am. It's, there's no denying it anymore. People look at me, they don't realize it, but it's true. So I... People don't realize what a breakthrough this is either, that she's publicly stating this here on the radio. I, I'm, I'm just accepting okay. it. I'm accepting nerd it now. Okay. I'm moving on. Well, I know. I, I agree that That's it's okay, but she's... I know. I know. I'm working hard. <laughs> so I had his book, and he was doing a book signing at the place that I worked, so I brought it in all dorky right before my bartending shift, and here, would you sign it? I had to tell him I read it in like six hours. <laughs> 
So that, that was my first voice. Yes. She uh, yeah. I barely spoke to people at that point in my life. We're talking like six years ago. Yeah, and then she came in and sat in for an episode. I think it was one of the shows Tiffany was here yes. for. Linda, one of them was yeah, here. And I didn't really even know Tiffany then. And you sat in the corner and you didn't say anything. And then I think we stayed here for like two hours after the show mm-hmm. talking. You know, stuff that she could have said on the air, but she didn't. Yes. But yep. uh, I made the mistake of saying something out loud and I couldn't hear anything. Oh. Yeah. And then they were like, well, anytime you want to come on and showcase your abilities. And I'm like, what abilities? What abilities are you talking about? I don't have any abilities. <laughs> Those were in the closet. And then look what happens. Look at her now. Now I'm here and I speak now. now and now we're, <laughs> we're making her fill in and guess those. We have another call on the line. If you would like to call in, 508-996-0500, Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with Nicole LaHousse. Hi. Hello. Um, Nicole, I was wondering, um, this chatter you say that comes from these skulls, does it mean that they separately have their own consciousness? And what is the source and nature of this consciousness? That's a great question. And yes, it, they have their own consciousness. Uh, there is a crystal skull consciousness, like there is a human consciousness or uh, the dolphin consciousness, you know, the planes of consciousnesses. Um, but it is separate from human? Yes. And with the skulls, they have, you know, each individual skull has its own energy, and that's what I mean by their personalities kind of come through. So with the chatter, it's their own, you know, they communicate with each other. So that's that, that's that level where they're communicating with each other, they're communicating with you, and sometimes they get excited. Like people. Is it always a positive nature? Uh, well, energy is energy, and depending on, you know, what you d- decide to do with it, it's all about intent. So you could, a person could utilize a crystal skull's energy to you know, direct negative energy out as well as positive. So hopefully the people that are out there utilizing skulls are doing it in a positive way. Has it ever been known to help kill cancer? I have heard of it um, documented in uh, some MRIs of uh, reducing or changing the shape of a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a story where um, somebody was working with healing with a crystal skull on a woman who could only bend about 15 degrees and with working with the skull was able to then bend at 45 degrees. So that, wow. I think that's pretty simple. Well, she had to. Those things are heavy and she dropped it. <laughs> She's like, oh, i got to bend over and pick it up. I don't want it to break. <laughs> Okay. Thanks so much. All right. You're Thank you for the welcome. call. Happy Easter. You, you too. too. Bye-bye. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And uh, you had mentioned, uh, Stephanie, that you had one with you when you went on a walkthrough for an yes. investigation. So how can you utilize crystal skulls in the course of an investigation when you are somewhere where there is spirit activity taking place? What can be the benefit of bringing a crystal skull with you? I'm going to let the expert answer that one. I've brought a crystal skull with me on an investigation, and um, you can see the energy with some of uh, the pictures that were taken, some of the energy just kind of 
coagulates around it. It changes the area around everything. It changes your field too. So, um, not that I'm an expert or anything, but no, doing very I, um, well. keep going. If Nicole and I could be glued together, I think it would happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we already are like the same person. So, um, Nicole actually had me come to her office one time. She's like, I'm doing. Um, I think it was for your your masters. Yes, in metaphysics. And you oh, this was for the crystal skull online. Like oh yes, that's right. So we used it for that too. So she did a big seminar online about crystal skulls, and she said, "Come to my office. I, I need to experiment, and I need a body." I was like okay, yes, I'll be your body. So I came and we did a. You, you are aware she collects skulls, right? When yes. She says that yes. okay. Just so I um I did a bunch of different aura pictures. Um, Brennan participated too, and he had never gotten his aura done anyways. But we combined the aura with crystal skulls so she took a series of photos with different skulls in them different people in them and back and forth and they were awesome pictures you would see one regular picture of just me sitting by myself me with uh um i think i did rainbow fluorite skull and that was that was really weird and then um at one point brennan had done a photo i don't remember the the type of crystal skull that he had it was the little one it was the little one and that one had been with the mitchell hedges skull yes well brennan was joking around and he put it on his shoulder but the way that he put it on his hood was there so it actually like fit nicely and as soon as the picture was taken it jumped off of his shoulder wow and like onto the floor and he's thinking nicole's going to kill me Mm -hmm. like i'm dead there's nothing wrong with it but it literally like her watching the whole entire thing go down watched it jump off of his shoulder so the the energy is quite alive and can they help facilitate in spirit communication with say you know absolutely yep that particular one is one that i use when i do um some of my mediumship sessions yeah so is it um is it like another voice providing the information or is it just a conduit for the spirit to come through I think what that one does for me is it helps me to easily get into the state that I need to be in, especially when I'm doing different things where I'm switching gears from more an analytical mind to mediumship mode. So that one really helps with protection and also accessing um, that dimension. So to kind of look at it from from a a layman's perspective, it's almost like... uh, you know, you want to listen to an iPod, and the skull acts kind of as like the uh, the transmitter. Yeah. The you know to make it so you can tune in to that for okay, I see. Yes. So uh, yeah, so I can understand why people would want to have them uh, alongside for something like that. Now you had mentioned the Mitchell Hedges skull, which is of course is the most famous crystal skull. Have you had the chance to to be around it at all, or? No, I have not had the chance to be around it. Um, Bill Holman is the the guardian of of that skull right now, and um, he's doing what he needs to do, being guided by the Mitchell Hedges skull, and they're not in the public view right now. So, what's probably the oldest skull that you've come in contact with? Synergy. Yeah. I love Synergy, <coughs> and Sherry Whitfield is absolutely awesome. Such a beautiful person, and. Um, if you ever get to meet with her and hear her story about how Synergy came into her guardianship, um, it's it's really very touching and amazing. So I'll leave that for, for her to tell, but 
Um, Synergy is absolutely amazing where it's, uh, it has that Lemurian energy to it. It is um, a documented ancient crystal skull, so I definitely recommend, highly recommend anybody who's in the same area as them to go and visit and have an experience with that skull. I can back that up. Yes. There's a picture online right now of me with Synergy, and I can tell that this thing has a, a soul of its own. That's the only way I can explain. Mm-hmm. And the, you don't actually activate it by touching your earring and say, Showtime Synergy, do you? No. You, you don't get that joke? No. I would expect that Stephanie wouldn't. That's a, that's a gem in the holograms joke. Oh, God. I'm, I'm really Seriously, dating myself. Tim? They're coming out with a movie, really? so we're trying to stay relevant. Uh, so if that, now that's the oldest one that you've come in contact with, and you're saying that that's <laughs> Matt. What was that joke? What? What was that joke that I just made? What the synergy joke? Yeah, it was what? What general hol- holograms? I expect you. To, I expect you to know this. I don't know. Truly outrageous. Oh, yeah, what? it was. Wow. Mm. Fail. I have no idea what's going on. This is this is the, the cartoon talk that we usually do on Saturday mornings. Uh, you don't wake up early enough to hear it. Nope. If you ever did, you would be like, "What are they talking about?" They, yep. That was actually a, an actual television cartoon Baba show. Baba Papas. What now? Baba Papas. Oh, I don't remember wow. that. I remember. I did an I did a, a episode a few weeks ago on Saturday mornings where I just played old PSAs. Mm-hmm. They used to run on like Channel Fifty Six when we were kids over and over again. And I'm still getting emails from people. Remember this one? And they send me links to them. I'm like, it's so weird how we remember all these, but we took none of the lessons away from them. You know, uh, <laughs> you know when R two D two found the cigarette, it still didn't stop people from smoking. Uh, so, but you had mentioned that that's probably one of the old. One of the oldest ones that you've been around, do they have an idea of, of how old it may be? I don't personally know how old that one could be. Uh, that's been uh, in one of the, the tribes for so long, so they've, they've had it, and they, they were using it to record all their information, you know, everything that every place that they went and everything that they did and that kind of thing. Because I don't don't know if you're familiar with uh, Joshua Shapiro. Um, I am. But we had him on the show a few years ago, and when when he was discussing some of the older ones and some of the the ways that they were constructed and where you can see that there should be tool marks, but there isn't, and when you should see that there should be, you know, straight angles instead of curves, but there's curves. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's just fascinating because... It means that there was something, something guiding it, because mankind didn't know how to do that. And if they did, you would have seen that in other aspects of culture. You know, we would have had more rounded and more precise everything else instead of just these skulls. And Joshua and Katrina might be listening right now, because Katrina asked me about where the link was right before I came in. And um, so, hi, guys. Yeah, hello. And, and Joshua, we have to have you back on sometime. He's a fellow Aries. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, like, Dodge Aries. That's, again, 80s, uh, K-Car. Yeah. That's about all I know about, about uh, science. Although I have noticed everybody on Twitter puts horoscopes up every day. Yes. And they're, they're different. They don't all put the same one up. How is that that they're different? Shouldn't they kind of be the same... Horoscope? Like, how come... You used to always bother me when I was a kid. How come the horoscope that I read in the Standard Times was different than the horoscope that was in the Cape Cod Times? Although now it wouldn't be because we're the same newspaper. It's all according to different people. Same thing when you get readings from different people. They're always different. And it's such a snippet. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's so much so more. So vague. Uh, yeah, it is very vague and very kind of what over... people don't realize is that's only your sun sign. You have your rising sign and your moon sign, which put you a need to major... need those as well. Major, yeah. Yeah, so all three kind of right. make that's up That's going to be the show day. topic, horoscopes. Horoscopes? Yep. I am not... An expert. <laughs> you just volunteered yourself. We know. did cover that briefly. Uh, you just screw me left and right, In one episode, like we did pasta. we did cover horoscopes a little bit, but it went so over my head that I kind of just glossed mm-hmm. over it. It, it, and it. But it's one of those things. It's probably uh, the most accessible for a lot of people, for a way for them mm-hmm. to kind of tune into the idea of putting themselves into something greater than themselves. You it's know, a fun way to do things. But if you actually break down like your birth chart or like your... It's Amazing. it's so scientific and mathematical that it actually makes my head spin, like watching it happen. But getting the right person to read it is amazing. It, it's it's kind of scary. <laughs> Again, I, I don't know anything about it, and I don't know that I'd want to know anything about it. I, I, it's cool though. But you know who you'd want on the show for that is Chris Fisher. But do you feel like you're giving up some degree of? control over your own life if you're accepting that something else is controlling you in that way that but if you uh, get a reading isn't it the same thing no because i just don't believe what you're telling me it's a guidance thing. not me when you know what's coming so you know how to prepare right when you when when i'm finding out information about um what's supposedly coming in the future myself personally i don't really like to get that because i i feel like i'm already tainting it in my mind that's very true you know, I'm, You're kind I'm of like, psyching yourself out. Yeah, exactly. Like if you were if you were legitimately trying to tell me something that was going to happen down the line, I would be sitting here being like, "Yeah, but that's not what I want to happen." So I'm not going to listen to you. And I'm just going to try and make it happen. Yep. You know. And some things are inevitable. There's no way to change them. Like um, with horoscopes, at least it's all like planet alignment and you know certain degrees and angles and everything else that can affect you differently. Like for example, Mercury retrograde that affects everyone. It's the, the retrograde of the planet Harsh. of communication, <laughs> and it screwed me bad this time. <laughs> it was, it was That's one awful. of the many excuses we so, use for when things go wrong here. Yes, but it does but happen. But naturally, it's me. So it, it could happen. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't agree to that or so, deny it. So what are some of the other services and, and things that people can come into Rising Lotus for? Well, uh, we have... Obviously, mediumship readings. We have aura photography. Uh, I have a massage therapist at the at the um, at Rising Lotus now, Fridays and some Saturdays. So check the schedule on Facebook, and uh, we've got many different people coming on in. Uh, some of the things that are coming up are de-stressing with hypnosis with Diana Fleury on April 30th. We also have a spiritual share group that's on the first Thursday of each month. Henna with Holly is coming up May 3rd, and also Magical Wand Making Workshop is May 8th. Uh, we've got gallery reading with uh, Candace Dalton. I only have three tickets available left for that. So oh. It's going to be a great show. How, and people want to jump on that. How can they do that? Uh, they can go to... RisingLotus.FullSlate.com, and they can book right there, right online. And then um, just going out just a tiny bit further to May 29th, I have Andrew Lake coming on in to talk about Haunted Rhode Island, which is pretty exciting. 
And uh, it, just as Stephanie had mentioned when we were discussing my book, when you go and hear Andy talk, it's not just about the hauntings. You get the history. Yes. And there's probably nobody that knows Rhode Island history better than Andrew, nope. but he keeps finding people that do. And he, <laughs> he picks their brain and he finds, and he absorbs that knowledge. And He's amazing. It, it is. He's Right, so An encyclopedia. all these pieces of these, you know, certain portions that people really know very well, he's a conglomeration. He's the mm-hmm. encyclopedia mm-hmm. of putting all those people together. I tell him all the time. Amazing. I could drive around the country Mesmerize. with him, and he could be talking. He could just be saying, blah, 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 and his voice is just so intriguing. It just, it just <laughs> sucks you in. It's awesome. He's such an amazing storyteller, and the fact that goes behind it is awesome. Well, plus the passion. Yes. It's uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm just standing there having a conversation with him last week at the Mark Twain house, and we're, we're discussing with uh, one of the docents at the Mark Twain house, uh, just while everybody else is in the presentation, we're just kind of, you know, talking mm-hmm. back and forth. And she'll mention something, and he's got the history, and he knows all this information mm-hmm. and things that people have told him. And sometimes, you know, he, he knows things that people haven't really said publicly and it's just fascinating to, to hear him put it all together because uh, you'll walk out of there feeling like you know you just read a history book but in the most entertaining way possible yep. mm-hmm. so uh, definitely worth going and checking checking that out what's interesting is the mark twain house uh basically made his book a historical document uh, in terms of twain that was uh, outstanding to find out. And he was so, I mean, you could just tell how elated he was by that, that they've actually put his book, Ghost Hunting Southern New England, into the Mark Twain Library. Yeah, he was really excited That's about awesome. that. That was awesome. And the fact that on their, on their um, pamphlets and brochures, they use Frank Grace's photography uh, that he went out and mm-hmm. took for the, for the uh, Haunted New England calendar. So it's amazing. You know, hey, legend trips, we're reaching our fingers out everywhere. But, uh, we know some it, cool people. Yeah, absolutely. It just goes to show that. Uh, so now um, I'm trying to go back a second here for what, you were ta- what we were talking about before Andrew, uh, before Candace. Well, there was um, another thing that you had mentioned that was happening. Wand making. Wand making. That was it. Uh, and I'm looking at you here. Why? The so the the wands actually work. They can actually be utilized. Yes, going to um, the you're using a crystal point at the end, right? So you're directing energy and you're directing the flow. Where crystals um, with the point on it, it's like a laser, right? It emits the the energy out the tip, so you can direct it wherever you want. So creating a wand, there's a certain process that goes with creating a wand. So you're putting a lot of energy and intention into what the wand is going to be used for and and that kind of thing. So um, Nancy Belair is a very creative metaphysical artist with these types of tools and she really brings this high vibe into into everything that she creates and she's the one that's going to be doing that and just yes they work you can direct the energy i sometimes i'll use um you know a crystal wand which is a, a longer point called a wand that you can use to direct energy or pull negative energy out of people so that you can help them with that healing process so really it's just it all boils down to the energy is out there and you just help people find ways to understand it and to kind of you know rein it in to to a point where they can analyze it and and uh, and figure it out yeah pretty much i mean we're not healers 
each individual person is their own healer. So what we, what I do, what you know, Steph does, what other um, Reiki and energy workers do, we're facilitators of the energy, and we just help to create that balance within a person. And so you would be the healer if I was working on you. You are the healer, not me. And people, of course, come and visit you at Rising Lotus, which is located again? At 30 Main Street in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. So for the local audience, they can do that. But also, you know, we have a, a worldwide audience via SpookySouthCoast.com and through the podcast. And you can actually help people who are not physically present at, this, at the location, too. Absolutely. There's um, what's called distance healing. And uh, because you're entering into that quantum field, there, there really is no distance when you're dealing with healing energies. So you can work on somebody, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles away, and it's still just as effective as if they were standing right in front of you. Hmm. So anybody that wants to do that, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you to reach out for that? Um, RisingLotus at MagicLLC.com is the, the email. And again, magic is spelled M-A-J-I-K. And we, we do have links uh, to these sites up on SpookySouthCoast.com as well. If you go to the main page, you'll be able to find it. And usually what I do is in the podcast, in the podcast description, I'll put all the links in as well. So, And depending on what service you use for your podcast, sometimes it'll appear as a hyperlink. Sometimes you get got to kind of copy and paste them and, and utilize them that way too. Uh, we were talking earlier, too, about um, the idea of uh, having these skulls there for people, the crystal skulls there for people to come and check out and, and see which ones kind of they're drawn to. Uh, is, is there ever a time when people like want to be surrounded by multiple skulls? Is there a benefit to having multiple skulls around you, or can it be too much? Uh, you can create crystal grids. Uh, so just as people use spheres and uh, points in it to make a crystal grid, which is a layout of many different crystals, you can do that with crystal skulls. We do that. Yes. So Very I can, healing. I was going to say, I can imagine you can't help but, you know, walk into the healing atmosphere with something like that going on. And, uh, you know, we look at this from a variety of perspectives. Uh, and, of course... As investigators, as, as, as scientists, as people who are, you know, looking at the unknown and trying to put some sort of explanation to it, uh, sometimes you have to just kind of give up in that regard and say sometimes it goes beyond what we know and it goes into what we feel. And I, I think that our feelings, we're never going to be able to really quantify those. And if something is working in that regard, you kind of just got to give in and let it happen. Right. Is that, and, and being... From a scientific background, is that something that you need to be at odds with, or is that kind of just how you've always approached it? I think I have a, a different outlook on on life and things in general. So, uh, as a as a scientist and you know a chemist, you know come from this place where a lot of scientists and chemists are very you know analytical and not accepting of of these foofy kind of things, but if you look at science now, they're proving that there are other dimensions. They're proving all kinds of things that, you know, were once looked at as the metaphysical, foofy kind of realm, and it's undeniable now. So I'm one step ahead now. There you go. <laughs> I, I can I can sum it up pretty pretty uh, easily. My son is going to be 10 in a couple of months, and we've been watching that show Cosmos together. And he is just blown away by it, and it makes him think about things that he wouldn't think about normally. And so we're watching the episode a few weeks ago about wormholes. 
and and he's and they're talking about the fact that you know the matter can transfer through. And they're, they're going on and on. And he looks at me and he goes, "So, Dad, is it possible that when you go into these haunted places and you're communicating with spirits, could those just be places where there are wormholes?" I'm like, "That's awesome. You get it." Yep. You know, how come the other people that are in the paranormal field don't get it? He should watch Fringe. We, we, he would probably enjoy that. Uh, uh, he and, and it goes to show you, too, that kids can think beyond what we were limited by when we were in school as well. So No one's told them no yet. Yet. That's right. We'll see what happens. I'm certainly not going to tell them, but we'll see what happens in school. All right. Well, thank you, Nicole, for joining us. Uh, we're just about out of time, and uh, Stephanie will be back in a couple of weeks. Yes, I will. Me. Thank you for having me again. You know, you know and you're both welcome anytime. Uh, we always say the door is always open, but it's not. you got to knock on the window, but we'll let you in. <laughs> and uh, we you give Manise a password, too. No, it doesn't matter. We change it. We don't tell him when it changes. No, not him. Somebody has to give him one at the door. He's what's, always at the door. What's the password? Swordfish. Ah, we just changed it. <laughs> and uh, no, the easiest way to get in is just show up at the window with cool moose. Not to give too. a plug on the air, but you know that that works too. Cool they are next door. Cool whip. That works too. Well, I'll take that. All right, so that does it for this week's program. We will be back next week with God Help Us FCC Finds coming our way. Jackie Barrett returns to the program to talk about her new book, The Haunting of the Gemini. She's one of our favorite guests. But uh, it uh, when it gets later, when time gets later... Um, you know, yeah. she's from New York, and she's not shy about it. So uh, stay tuned for that. See if we make it through the episode without having to hit the dump button. Uh, but we'll have fascinating uh, discussion with Jackie because she is always, always just a, a fascinating person to speak with. So we will do that until next week. For Matt Moniz, for Matt Casa, for Nicole and Stephanie, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again. Tomorrow, tomorrow.